0: And I'm happy to be here again tonight in the service of our Lord. And now, seeing you all happy and singing these wonderful old songs, all spirit-filled and so forth, makes us feel real good. And we're happy to try to take a few moments of the time again tonight to answer a question or two. We're kind of taken a lot of your time this morning, but I hope you... Got the blessing I did just to talking about it. Amen. But, you know, we got a lot to talk about, haven't we? Amen. And we got a person to talk about. That's our Lord Jesus. Uh, Brother Petty, if I will if you will, you just remain up here just a moment? I was told there's a little sick child in the building. And before we get started on this, we got communion, so not don't want to take too much time and perhaps the baptism. And uh they, uh, I want to, to pray for those who wants to be prayed for first, to the, the, the pray for the sick first, before it gets started. And I, if Teddy, if you will, uh, play this song, The Great Physician, now is near, and we're going to call up the sick and to uh, ask blessings for them. Here, How many sure to be prayed for tonight? There was some we missed this morning. If you get their hands up... If you testimony and to praise God for all of his goodness. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Is that right? Amen. And now, we'll get started right in quickly on these testimonies. Now, and we're going to try, our excuse me, upon uh, questions. And I hope that God will just pour out his blessings in, in this manner. And now, don't let me go too long on a Brother Cox, I'm going to call your attention. You and the deacon sitting on the front row to stop me when I when it gets about time to give this communion, see, because I keep them too long. I'll try go well, just as fast as I can. And if I don't finish them up this Sunday, I'll get them next Sunday. No, <laughs> so I'll try to get through tonight. There's such good questions. And I'll tell you, friends, if there wasn't revivals and things going on, I'd like to set about a week just on straight Bible teachings of, of Genesis and the Exodus and the Revelations and so forth. and. And just have a, a real good time. I love deep Bible questions and Bible Amen. teachings. As long as you don't get off on some mythical something, just stay right straight in the plain old adulterated Word of God. It'll take you right on through. Don't you believe it? that? This morning we had some, some of the finest questions. Some of them about the 144,000. Who were they? And what part would they be? And, and about the bride? and Oh, just many things. Just real deep questions. And I had a few that it didn't get finished. Now tonight, we're going to start off right here on this one and um, ask the Lord to help us. Now, we can't open the Bible. We can open it like this, but it takes God to open it up really to us. Amen. We can pull the pages, but in the book of Revelations, when uh, John looked and he saw one sitting upon the throne, and there was he had a book in his hand, and there was no man that was worthy to take the book or to loose the seals or even to look thereon. No man in heaven, no man in earth, or no man beneath the earth or nowhere was, was worthy. And he seen a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world. And it came and taken the book out of his hands and opened the seals. It was Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I was talking to a man this week, a very prominent businessman in the city, who said to me, about going back into Africa and India, he said, well, they just got through killing a British general over there. I said, well, how's that got to do with me? He said, you're going back over there where all that murder's going on, that race riot and so forth? I said, sure. That's where I'm needed. For the Lord wants me to go. He said, what if He kill you? I said, well, if God wants me to be killed, I'll just be killed. That's all. And he said, oh, my. I said, Brother Branham, you oughtn't to think that. I said, I don't care. I think you're religious and I think you're a good man. He said, but they even killed Jesus Christ. I said, sure, it was God's will. He said, what? God's will? I said, and that man's been going to church. He's close to 70. Then he to go churches on a cradle roll in a fine church in the city and has come up and never noted it was God's will for Jesus to die. Why, well, I said, brother, he was slain from the foundation of the world from the very beginning. He was slain before he even come to the earth. Is that right? He was God's lamb, slain from the foundation of the earth. Let's speak to him just a moment for the questions. Now, Father, we're not worthy and unable, we realize, to open the book or to look thereon, but let the Lamb come now tonight. God's Lamb that was slain the foundation of the world. Take the things that are God's and present them to the congregation. May the Holy Spirit carry these words and may they not be my words or man's words, but may they be God's words to every hungry heart. For we ask that in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The first one here, I haven't got them rotated or anything, but just the way they come. It seems to be very good. First, how many interesting questions? Let's see here. Well, that's very kind, as long as I know. Now, does man at death go to heaven or, or to hell immediately, or do they wait for the judgment? That's a very good question. And it does, would do a lot of good consideration because every man is interested in what is he going to be after this life is over. Every man is interested. Well, I, I, for my part, I, I would know I have to answer from the Bible. I guess a woman ran up a $50 phone bill a while ago from Los Angeles about 35 or 40 minutes or maybe longer on long distance trying to get me to say that it was legal and right for her to leave her husband and marry another man. I wouldn't do it. No. I said, no, sir. She said, well, my husband's a sinner and this man's a Christian. I said, that has nothing to do with it. You'll be in adultery as sure as anything. So, I'm a 2 case case. There's not any need for me to live. If I can't add this man, I said, you're just infatuated and not in love because you couldn't be. That's all. Because that's your husband and you're about to live with him until death separates you. Anything else, Matt, you're in a And so she just kept hanging on. I said, lady, there's no need. She said, if you'll just tell me, it's all right. I said, I wouldn't do it. I said, I'm... She said, well, Brother Bradham, we got so much confidence in you. I said, then listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you the truth, for I can't say nothing but what God said. God yes. said, that's true, so that's just exactly the way it is, see. I said, that's the way it's supposed to be, and that's the way it has to be. Now, in these questions, that's the way we want them to be. Now, it's always thought... Now, in here, you realize in this little handful of people tonight, there's probably all kinds of different ideas, and we think they're all good, every one of them. Your idea is good, and it's, uh, but now what we do, we have to have somebody, just like geese, ducks, anything, everything, bees, everything has a leader. If the queen bee dies, you know what happens. the leader duck dies, they have to get him another one. That they just have to have a leader, and man's got to have a leader. And the leader is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit sets in the church. First apostles, after that prophets, and yeah. so, so forth. Someone said not long ago, said, brother Branham, we don't need anybody to teach us. When the Holy Ghost comes, we don't need anybody to teach." Said so the Bible said, "You do not need teaching." I said, "Then why did the same Holy Spirit set in the church teachers?" See, they set the church in harder. They would. We got to have teachers. That's right. But you oughtn't have anyone who don't have to teach you saying, Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not swear. You already know that your very conscience of the Holy Spirit tells you it's wrong to do that. But now as far as scriptural teaching, it takes a Holy Ghost anointed. That's right. And God has set the church in order by apostles and prophets and gifts of healing and miracles and so forth. He set the church in order and put the teachers and so forth in there to guide and direct His church. And this morning, we, as we said, Jesus over the earth is His body. And just as His body moves, just like the shadow reflecting to the earth, it'll move with it. Now, many people, the Adventist people, believe that when a man dies, that he goes right into the grave and stays there, soul, body, and everything else until the resurrection. And they call that soul sleeping. Well, that's it's all right. <laughs> it's all right as long as they believe Jesus Christ. is born again. That won't hurt them. But now, according to the Scriptures, that when the person dies, if he's a Christian, if he's born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, he'll never have to stand in the judgments of God. See, he goes straight to the presence of God. And he'll never have to be in judgment because he's already... See, I don't have to stand for what Christ did for me. Now, I was a sinner. But Christ's judgment... Here's, here's a full thing in a few words. God said, the day you eat thereof, that day you die. That's seven. Now, God's got to keep His Word. He can't do nothing else but keep His Word. Because He's God. Well, then, He can't, then he's, you're separated from God, and then you're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. So when you're born, you're a sinner by nature. So there's nothing in the world you can do about it. There's nothing I could do to save myself or you to save yourself. It's what Christ did for us in God. Or what God did for us in Christ. See? It isn't whether I think this or I do this. It's whether He did that. Well now, we're in Him. Then He stood God's judgments. He took the judgment. And Him being innocent from sin, knowing no sin, yet was made sin for us. So as long as you're in Christ, you are free from judgment. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. See, Amen. see? that's it. The blood, that freezes. Now, the, sinner never, the sinner's the got to stand judgment. And there won't be but this judgment. It's just like a, a circle or a rainbow around the world of the blood of Christ. As long as you're in here, if God could look upon the earth in its condition tonight, any other way than through the blood of Christ, He would destroy it in a second. You'd have to. Amen. Certainly you'd have to. That's where the judgments is coming. Now, if as long as the man's under here, no matter if the man is a drunkard and a gambler and a horrible unbeliever, the mercies of God still atones for him. And a woman, she might be ever what she might be, a prostitute or whatever, the blood of Jesus Christ still atones for her. But the minute that her soul leaves this body and she goes beyond that, she's passed over mercy in the judgment. God's already judged it. That settles it. She's Amen. done. She's judged. She judge. You judge yourself by the way you treat God's propitiation. Therefore, your sins. Amen. Okay? Amen. You judge yourselves. You don't judge Him just enough to forgive you. See, if you think He'll forgive you, confess your faults and He'll forgive you. Then by one Spirit, notice, we're all baptized into one body. And as that body was raised up by God, resurrected from the dead... Justified, setting at His right hand in power and majesty in heaven, so them that are dead in Christ are in Christ and free from judgment and will come forth into resurrection. Now, but when we die now, when we die now, we go directly into the presence of Almighty God in a celestial body. If I would meet Brother Neville up there if we'd both die now, and an hour from now I'd meet him, I'd say, Greetings, Brother Neville. Amen. Talk to him. I couldn't shake his hand. He's in a celestial body. I could talk to him. He looked just like he does there. I look like I do. But we could talk to one another, but we couldn't touch one another because we haven't got any of the five senses of see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. See? But we would be immortal, and we'd see one another. We live in the blessed realms by the altar of God. Don't you know? John saw the souls under the altar crying, "How long, Lord? How long?" To come back to earth to be clothed up on. Then, when Jesus, which is in us now in the form of the Holy Ghost, when His celestial body, the Holy Spirit, returns with the glorified body, we'll be glorified with Him and in His likeness. Amen. See what I mean? Then I'll shake His hand and say, Here, Here it is, Brother Neville. Then we'll Hallelujah. eat. Look, Jesus told His disciples, Take them communion. He said, I'll eat no more of the fruit of the vine. Until I eat it and drink it with you anew in my Father's kingdom, Amen. is that right? See, there he is. Jesus. So we, when the dead dies, a justified person standing in the presence of God goes into His presence as an immortal being and lives in the blessed realms of peace until the day that returns back. Now there was a time that the people didn't go into the presence of God when they died, the justified. Amen. That was in the Old Testament. They went into a place called Paradise. And there the souls of the just waited in Paradise. But Paradise was a place where God kept the souls in like a dreamland until the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. For the blood of bulls and goats would not take away sin. It only covered up sin. But Jesus' blood takes away sin. Do you notice that when He died at Calvary... And on His return, He brought out from the graves those dead saints that had died under the atonement of blood of bulls and goats and heifers, and they entered into the city. Oh, and appeared to many. How beautiful a picture. Oh, if we could paint it just a moment. Look at Jesus when He died. Here, as I've often said, I believe in the church here. There's a a row here like In here lives mortal beings. And each one is in this great conglomeration of gaiety, of blackness and darkness. Mortals live in here. Now, they're either influenced from this way or from that way. You cannot be here a spiritual being, sinner or saint, without having an influence from the underworld or from the above world. If you're influenced from here, you're from above. Your celestial body is waiting up here. But if you're wicked and hypocritical and indifferent, your celestial body is down here regardless of how much you think it's up there. Because the fruit that you bear before people proves where you're from. So you are here what you are somewhere else. Your life that you live here is just reflecting what your inheritance is when you leave here. Do you understand? We are right now Oh, when I think of that Amen. we are right now glorified in the presence of God. Amen. Born again believers. For if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting in glory. Not Amen. somewhere else right down here, already waiting now. Amen. And these earthly bodies groan to be clothed up on that immortality. Is that right? Amen. Sickness and aches and pains and disappointments and heartaches and Oh, I'll be glad when the old pest house is closed up, won't you? Yes, sir, we could go home. That's right. Yes, we are grown to be clothed up on. The Spirit's groaning. Oh, when you look and see all the things around about, all this conglomeration, stink, and sin, and mortal living, and deceit, and everything, I think, oh God, how much longer will it be? One of these days, I'm going to preach my last sermon. Hey. We'll lay the Bible down like this and go home. Hey. Oh, what a time that'll be. And when this earthly tabernacle is finished here, it won't be one second. Till so I'll be in that one, yonder. So will you. Oh, my. No wonder they said this robe of flesh, I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air. Sure, moving on up. Now, where is that? When do we have it? Now, those who He justified, He also glorified. And do you realize that our glorified, immortal bodies is waiting in the presence of Jesus Christ right now, waiting for us to come? Amen. You know when a baby is begotten in this earth, before it's delivered, it's got life, but it hasn't been delivered. And just as soon as that baby comes to, uh, begins to... Uh, is born. It's lungs are all closed up. And it's dead. It's muscles are quivering and jerking. But the first thing, just a little spank or two like that, and he'll catch his breath. What's the matter? As soon as that natural body is being formed in the mother, there is a spiritual body waiting to receive it just as soon as that baby's born. Amen. And just as sure as this spiritual body is being formed, there is a natural body waiting to receive it as soon Amen. as it goes out of this world. See? It's vice diversity. Right back to Eden again. See? It's right back. Now, in there, God, while death, that just, that just knocks all the staying out of death there is. Well, no wonder Paul could stand and say, death, where is your staying? Grave where is your victory? He said, thanks be to God who gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, sir. This earthly tabernacle be dissolved. We already got one waiting. So just forget about it. Now, to you, friend, if you're a sinner who asks this, God be merciful to you. Yes, sir. You're not only under condemnation now. Not here. No, you prosper and go on. And that's all through the mercies of God. That's all through the mercies of God that you prosper and do what you do. That's true. But one of these days, if you're a sinner and your soul slips out, it'll go yonder into judgment and will be condemned. And then you'll be cast away. And you'll be in torment until the day that you are uh, brought back to this earth again and you will receive an immortal body. An immortal body that cannot die and will be cast away. In the outer darkness, where there will be weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. You'll be cast into hell, where the worm never dies, or fire is never quenched. And you'll be tormented through all ages there is to come. Jesus said that. That's a black picture, but it's what the Bible says. If God so condemned sin and had to cost such a price, what will it be if those unjust spirits could ever be made loose again? we'd have another thing like we've had in the last 6,000 years. Is that right? There'll never be an opportunity again. Now you say, well, I believe and when you go to the grave, you, you go to hell. Your body goes to hell. That's right. Hell means separation. Death means separation. Your body dies, separates you, go from your loved ones. But that's not what we're talking about. It's once a point of the man to die, then after that the judgment. See. Now, when you if you have to stand the judgment of God... You're going to be judged by an angry God, and God is going, has already pronounced what He was going to do. So you know what your judgment will be before you even get there. So the thing to do is to be saved and have this glorified being. Look, if I have to, if my spirit—look, we're not something dead; we're alive. If if my if this desk here, if this plank had the life in it that's in my finger, that desk and it had an intelligence to move it. It can move like my finger moves. We're not made of that kind of material. We are made of, 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 of cells and of life and of fiber and there's a spirit here that controls it all. And just look how fast it has to travel. Look here. My hand touches that. Now no sooner than, there has to be a negative and a positive reaction. As soon as my finger touches that It feels that. That quick, it goes to my mind and my mind says, that's cold. And go back. See? How quick that is. Quicker than thought. Quicker than anything. Is that act there. What is it? There's something alive in there. That nerve works on the mind. See what I mean? The nerve touches it, feels it, and says to the mind, it's cold. The mind says it's cold because it's felt with the nerve. Oh my. You talk about a makeup. And then all of that how quick that God knows every thought that we think of, everything that we do, He knows of it. So when the believer dies, He goes into the presence of His Maker, His God, and the sinner, when He dies, goes to His destination. Then at the return, now I'm talking now of the elect, but there are some that will come up in the second resurrection. That'll have to stand in the judgment with the sinner to be judged with him. I won't be sure to get that. Now, there'll be the first that'll take place will be the, the coming of the bride. There will be people in the world. Uh, you know, might differ a little with this, but listen close. Just because that you accepted Christ as personal Savior, that doesn't mean that you're going in the rapture. That's for the elect. That'll go in the rapture. There'll be a remnant that lets you on earth that'll go through the persecution and the great tribulation. The church will be caught up in the rapture. How many women here doesn't know that when you go to cut a piece of goods you lay the goods out like this and lay your pattern on it like this and you cut the goods just according to the pattern. Is that right? And the rest of the goods is just the same kind of goods that's in the pattern. Is that right? But this is the kind you take you might lay that away for farther use, but the, the goods that you cut out of... Now, who places a pattern? God by election. Amen. 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 God by election places a pattern. He said, Now, I have chosen before the foundation of the world, I place these... While Jesus told the disciples, that He was with them, and He had chosen them and knew them before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Amen. Is that right? So God places a pattern. Now there'll be an elect that'll go in the rapture. And there'll be a group of people that's good, upright, holy living, God-saved people that will not be in the rapture. And they'll come up in the second resurrection because... I I hope you won't get angry at me if I just make something real plain here to you. See, don't do it. I've got to say it because I... This keeps choking to me, you see, to, to say it. Look... Now look, there I'm going to say this. There's a people that believe in justification by faith. See? And they live a good, clean, holy life. They believe in sanctification too. Receive. Look at Judas Isacarit. Judas Isacarit was justified when he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted Him as His personal Savior. Judas Isacarit. Judas Isacarit was sanctified in John 17, 17 and was given power... And Matthew 10, to go out and cast out devils. And Judas Isacaric come back after he healed the sick and cast out devils and come back rejoicing and shouting just as much as any good holy roller you've ever seen. Is that right? The Bible says so. But when he come to Pentecost, he showed his colors. Now watch that, that spirit. There's people in the world today, good Christian people, that'll believe in justification. Many of them, thousands, millions, that believe in justification, but they'll have nothing to do with sanctification. We'd say that's Presbyterian, Episcopalian, and so forth. They believe in justification, preach it, and it's good. They're right. But now the the Nazarenes, Pilgrim Holiness, Free Methodists, move up into sanctification. They believe in sanctification. Correctly, they're right. And they get victory and shout and praise the Lord. They're correct. They're right. But speak to either one of them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power and signs and wonders. They'll show their color right there. Say, oh I don't want none of that. I don't believe. Well, even to my dear Nazarene people, believe that a man speaks with tongues is of the devil. And brother, you do that. You While well, they put Dr. Reed out of the Sudan and missions the president of it, because that he spoke with tongues. said, we can't have it. I said, you can't preach like Paul then. You can't accept Paul's gospel For Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. Amen. That's right. But they, they say it's of the devil. They've seen a lot of counterfeit and carried it all over there. See? But there is a justified and sanctified church but deny that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a different work from sanctification. But it is, it is a different work. Sure it is. There were three elements that came from Christ's body and the same elements came from His body is what we used to go into His body. There was water. Is that right? Blood. Is that right? And spirit. And, Jesus, and the Scripture said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They are one. But there are three that bear record in earth. They are not one, He said, but they agree as one. Water, blood, and spirit. Is that right? Now, you cannot have the Father without having the Son. You can't have the Son without having the Holy Ghost. But you can be justified without being sanctified. And you can be both justified and sanctified and still not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See? That's true. That's Scripture. These three, He said, that bear record in earth, water, blood, and spirit, and they agree in one. See? They are not one, but they agree in one. Because it's the same spirit with a measure. God gives us the spirit in measure. Now Luther, under justification, that's what he preached. Is that right? Luther preached that just shall live by faith. And he had a great message. And that was a portion of the Holy Ghost. Then Luther, when the message come forth, God was going to raise up his church and send her out greater. Oh my. Luther said, Oh, we believe we've got it here," But John Wesley said, Oh no. Him and George Wheatfield and then they said, We believe in sanctification. The as being the second definite work of grace. Is that right? And they preached the blood. Well, if Luther didn't want to move, God just give it to the Wesleyan Methodists. See? And they had it. And they had a revival that swept the world. And a real church. Well, now when that time comes along, now along comes the Holy Ghost evidence of signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, Wesley don't want to agree with this. Now, if Wesley was on earth and Martin Luther was on earth at these times, they would agree with it. But they just got about the second round of four or five rounds of apostles passed to it, and they just sang it all away. Now, the Pentecostal received and believed in speaking in tongues. Then they turned it into initial evidence that everybody had to speak with tongues. That's an error. But now, now they come back. Those were God-given traits, just like I can't help because i got blue eyes, or God just give it. That's just gifts in the church. God set them in. God has set in the church. See? Now, what when they come along with that, now they had a great blessing, went far beyond the Luther or the Methodists, either one, and now they've organized in such a way until they're worse than the Methodists or others, the Pentecostals. And then they got to a place where the second, third round, it's been about 40 years since they began to receive speaking in tongues, but this tree of God has nine different fruits on it. And all any of these fruits you can have, See? God has sent him, but all together comes out of the tree. Now, justification. Look at, look at this morning's lesson. When the judgment was set and the books were open, Now Jesus came with 10,000 times ten thousands of saints. And then the judgment was set. Here they all are around the white throne judgment as we went through the scripture with it. And the books were opened. And another book was open, which was the book of life. And these in the rapture was judging them. Amen. Is that right? Then everyone went home and received their glorified bodies and lived through the millennium, was in the white throne judgment, judging those. He Amen. said he would separate the sheep from the goats. Now he'd say here, "Well, now look." You say, "Is that come up?" We're Brother Branham, in the white throne judgment. What about in the rapture? Well, in the rapture time, Jesus taught it as a parable, and he taught it in many different ways. Here's one way. He said that there was ten virgins went out to meet the Lord, and saw all of her virgins. But some had oil in their lamps and some let the oil go out. Is that right? And when the bride... Now, what was the oil? The oil was the Holy Spirit. The Bible said so. Now, look. They were virgins. Now, what does virgin mean? Holy, clean, separated, sanctified. Is that right? Amen. If I had a little glass here, I'd show you what I... Here, for instance, like this bottle here. If it was empty... And I picked it up, and it was just as dirty as it could be. I want to use it. Now, the first thing I want to do is justification. I pick it up because I want to use it. It's dirty. I found it out in the the pig pen or wherever it was. Now, if I'm the right kind of a person, well, I don't want to put something clean in there I'm going to have to use. I'd have to fix that thing up first. Now, the best thing to do is scour it, clean it, and sanctify it. Is that Right? Now, what does the word sanctify mean? Clean and set aside for service. The vessels of the old temple was cleaned and set aside for service. Now, there's the church. God picked them up through the Lutheran age, justification. Wesley age, he sanctified them, and this age, he fills him. See? He puts a life in him. And when this is life through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit picked him up, the Holy Spirit sanctified him, the Holy Spirit filled him. See, it's all the same church. But now look, now in this day, now I think at Luther, Wesley, and all of them, many of them will go in the rapture. They had the portion of the Spirit was preached to them. They believed it. Now in the rapture, there's people today who went in those denominations that didn't move on. It's a, There's only been one denomination. That's God's church. And it's just moved on It's the same. Amen. But these organizations have broke these things up like that. And many people today will look at the baptism of the Holy Ghost and say it's nonsense. But yet they've been justified. Yet they've been sanctified. But they say, oh, that Karen, all that stuff. I know the devil's got all kinds of scarecrows out. That's where you find the good apples is around where scarecrows are. That's right. Amen. Just go right on in behind the thing. Go eating apples. see? Now, this, then God, filled with the Holy Spirit, then He set His church out to glorify him. On the second coming, here comes the church back. The bride... Now watch. See where they go through the tribulation period. He said these virgins, that they come and said, uh, Give us of your arm. The bridegroom come. A sound went out. Behold, the bridegroom has come. Go ye out to meet him. And these virgins, who were virgins, holy, sanctified. Think of it. Holy, sanctified people without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They said, give us oil. And the church said, we just have enough for ourselves. You go. Pray up then, but it's too late then. So the church went into the wedding and these others were cast into outer darkness. Is that right? Where there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And they went through the persecution, suffered, died. Jesus returned back to the earth. Millennium reign set in a thousand years with Him. Up come the the just and the unjust. And they judged every man. And the goats was on one side and the sheep on the other side. And then God came and taken the church up on the breadth of the earth for the camp meeting. Where we all gathered together with our loved ones. See, there's the difference. Now, these people here, certainly when we die, if we are in Christ Jesus, we go to be with that great body under Christ Jesus. If we are sinners, we go to be with that great body of unbelievers. And God said, our potion was with the hypocrites and so forth in hell. Amen. May not be just exactly clear. But let's see now if we can find out just a little. Please explain Exodus. The twenty four the fourth chapter, twenty-fourth verse. What does this scripture mean that God aimed to kill Moses or his son? And why? We know where that's at. Exodus four twenty-four. That's a good question. Now here we'll read it right here just a moment. Exodus four and twenty-four. And it came to pass by the way in the end that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. How many remembers the story? Now, God gave Abraham generations before Moses the sign of circumcision. And that was the covenant that God made that every Jew should be circumcised. Is that right? Every man should be That was a sign. And are we circumcised today with the Holy Spirit, not the flesh? Now, now God gave this commandment and every male must be circumcised. And God, when He called Moses to go down there and deliver the children of Israel, Moses hadn't performed on his sons the very delivering sign. See what I mean? Or be like me saying, all you church now, Every one of you come in and been baptized here with water. We put you on the church membership. We're all going to glory together. Well, brothers, that's not Scripture. Unless you are born again, circumcised with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be, I don't care how good you are, what church you belong to, how good your parents was. Except you as an individual has been born again by the Holy Ghost. You'll never go in the rapture. Maybe. You can't go. That's the very delivering sign. The circumcision. And the circumcision is by the Holy Spirit. Now God, the, the questioner asked this. Does this scripture mean that God aimed to kill Moses or his son? And why? God was after Moses. And Zipporah was the only one that saved him there. For... Zipporah got a sharp rock and went and cut the foreskin off of her baby and threw it before Moses and said Thou art a bloody husband to me Is that right? Right. And God would have took Moses' life But perhaps an angel was standing there and said Zipporah Catch it quickly See? And Zipporah went and circumcised the baby He said Moses You're so concerned about everything else and about your journey, but your own boy hasn't been circumcised. I just wondered. A lot of times, sometimes I've met people that said, Oh, glory to God. The Lord wants me to do a certain thing. He wants me to go to Africa, to India. I said, Have you ever asked the milkman if he was saved? (laughs) Have you ever asked the paper boy if he had been born again yet? How about your neighbor? Are they saved? see now that's the question see if it's in your heart here some time ago a woman met me down here in Florida and the little woman I have no way I'm not the judge but there's a little preacher been right here and preached at this platform and the little fella in another country was married had a wife three or four children and this woman was a widow woman and they come from Texas together over here in a big Cadillac car, and the woman come in, and she has a right to dress any way she wants to. It make nothing to me, but as a Christian woman, she didn't dress just like it. She was oh my, she was had great big long and them ear bobs, or what you call it, hanging down like this, and she had a real lot of, of, of stuff on her mouth and. And, uh, and her eyebrows had been cut off, and she had other eyebrows with a pencil put on. And she said, Brother Brandon said, The Lord's calling me to a foreign country. And I said, He is? Yes. And she said, I'm going over with this man. And I said, Well, if the Lord's calling you, well, all right. <laughs> but by that fruit, it looked very much to me. Like, see? And she said, Don't you believe the Lord? I said, Now, don't ask me. If the Lord's told you, you do what the Lord told you to do. But for me, I don't think so. For myself, I'll just be honest with you. She said, "Well, why do you think so?" I said, "The first thing, as you, as a married woman, with this married man, don't look very good and staying down here in the city together. If anything brings reproach, is that, see?" And I said, "Now, the first thing, I want to happen to that woman. The same thing would happen. She had kept messing around without receiving the Holy Ghost, just like that woman over yonder today that called me and wanted to marry that man." And leave her own husband and marry the man. She had come in such a place, maybe one time being in contact with God, but had been lusting after the things of the world. And I asked her, I said, have you received the Holy Ghost? She said, not yet, but I'm seeking it. I said, you get the Holy Ghost first and he'll tell you what husband to have. That's right, see? You've got, that's what it is. If you don't, you'll die spiritually. God's seeking a lot tonight, that he's knocked at their heart so many times. And one of these times he's going to shut the door and mercy's gone. It sure God would have took his life. He said he sought him. Listen how the scripture leads. And it came to pass by the way in the end that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Amen. Moses. Now watch. Then Zephora took a sharp rock, sharp stone, and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband thou art to me. That's right. Now, if God wasn't seeking the son. God, that poor little baby, didn't know what to do. It's innocent. But what was the thing was the father of the baby that was taking the baby down there to deliver the children of Israel under the sign of circumcision, and yet his own son, not even circumcised. And so cut it off with of the rock, uh, the foreskin, and cast it down and said, Thou art a bloody husband to me. Please explain the meanings of the Scripture And when it will come to pass, Isaiah 4 and 1. Thanks. All right. We'll just turn over now, you people that's got your Bibles and wants to. We'll see what. I didn't get a chance to look this up, but I thought maybe we'd find some kind of an answer. Here we are. And in... Oh, yes. And it shall come. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man and shall say... We will eat our own bread and will wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. My well, brother is pretty near that bad now. What a falling away has happened to our country. Let me say this, my dear Christian friends. Let me say this with godly respects to everyone if there ever was, and you people here who studied history, we are right on the same road that every fine nation through the ages has fell on. Demoralizing. Going right back. As I said this morning, excuse me for repeating, in the foreign countries, men come to me and say, Brother Branham, what kind of women you all got over there? Well, all the songs you sang, some old dirty songs about your women. That's it all kinds of conglomeration of, of, of... Well, you know what it is? If you want me to tell you in a few words, I'll tell you exactly. The world has gotten this kind of condition because it's a modern Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. In California, I pick up a paper, and I forget how many thousand every year that they get a hold of to know of the increase of homosexuals. Even the natural desire of between husband and wife and so forth, as leaving the people exactly what God said would come to pass. And the only, you pick up some, see who gets some kind of a popularity. Listen on your radio or televisions or whatever you have and find out if the very worst and dirtiest or some song about some woman or something like that, that's the thing that gets the notoriety. And it's got to a place that seems like we don't care for our women. Our women don't care for themselves. That's what it is. If a woman to keep herself right, the man would have to go running. Now, that's not, take it up for the man, but I know that's the truth. Yes, sir. But what is it? It's just a horrible condition. And it's just existing. And it's according to the Scriptures, the Bible said that it would be that way. So how can we have a revival? How can we have a revival? Listen, Christian friends, in a few moments left, let me ask you something. we got Billy Grimm's. we got Jack Shuler's. We've got all different kinds of religious moves going through the world and they've been going for the last six or seven years across the United States just as hard as they can pace and no revival. Why? The doors are shut. We sang ever our fish as I said this morning out of home. Oh, Maybe one or two sticking somewhere. Or a Billy Graham had a meeting I believe it was Boston or somewhere. And they claim he had 20-some-odd thousand conversions in six weeks. They went back a few weeks later and couldn't find 20. Think of it. Brother, it's just about finished. I could say something here. See? We are living in the days that God spoke would come. And we're living in the last days. And we're living in a time and man, regardless of what we try to think about it, God's Word says that we are predestinated. That's Amen. right. And what God has called will come to God. And what God doesn't call will not come to God. God calls and they refuse. They call and they refuse. Now I don't say God condemns anybody. He's just not willing that, all should, that any should perish, but all might come to repentance. But in order to be God, He he knew in the beginning that they wasn't going to come. Amen. Yet He'd give them a chance, but they wouldn't come. How, if he doesn't know that, how do you know we'd have horseless carriages? How do you know these times that come like we have now? Why do you think men would be heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure? Why was all the prophets predicted all these other things that would come from from the beginning? God knows everything. He knows what will be. And there's men in there that God looked down through the time and said they won't come. And they're just condemned to that condemnation because they chose it themselves. Amen. Amen. There you are. I believe, my brother, or sister. I say, there's a godly respect and with the fear of God in my heart. I believe America sunk. Yeah. She's demoralized. She's gone low and stupid. It's a pity. Just think here, as I say in, in ancient scripture: seven women grab a hold of one man in the first World War, the Second World War. I've got a, a clipping at home out of the newspaper. You read it yourselves. It said, What's happened to the morals of our American women? Two out of every three soldiers was divorced by their wives that went overseas in the first six months. Two out of three was divorced. These women just took off and run out. Why is it? If you'll understand, friends, it's a spirit of time. We've got to get in the spirit of the last days when the last days are here. You go to a dance hall, you've got to get in the spirit of dancing. Or they won't dance. You go to the church, you've got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship. Amen. The world's got to get in the spirit of the last days before the last days can come. Amen. And we're in the spirit of the last days. Amen. And God promised that these things would be here and that's what we've got. We're in the last days. And men and women are setting asleep and don't realize it. And the moral is, I met a young boy here the other day, over or oh, some time ago, it? this last fall, and we were coming into a city, and he was telling me, a young high school boy that was married, he said, I married this girl, because she's a good girl, I hadn't married before she completed high school. He said, we haven't had a one turned out a virgin, as far as I know, in high school for years around here. See? Just so demoralized. And down in the California, I went through the streets and places where the policeman would tell you to keep off the street. It's more danger for a man to pass through the street than it would be a woman. Dark alleys. Oh, God have mercy. Don't you know the Bible said those things would come? Amen. And just before it, He gave the shadow of it in Sodom and Gomorrah and went down there, the same thing took in place, taking place rather, and God sent fire down and burnt the place up. A very signpost to show that the world over, when it comes to that place, would receive the bread. Amen. We're at the last days. Sure. Seven women a hold of one man. Sam, we'll eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name, take away our reproach. Brother, you don't have to get away from the United States. There's only one place that I've ever seen in my life that I thought was any worse than the streets and things that I've been in in our own nation. And we're not getting any better. We're constantly getting worse and worse all the time. And remember, I'm speaking in the name of the Lord. We will continue to grow worse. There's only one hope at all, and that's in Christ Jesus. No matter what you do. I've cried, I've went through the nation here, and God has raised even the dead. And we went into cities and people rise and spend in wheelchairs for years and walk through the cities behind trucks pushing their carts and things like that. And women who doctors pronounce packing their x-rays with a doctor's name above it was raised from the dead. Amen. And the city all sat back and said, hmm, mental telepathy. Bunch of holy roars. Oh, you can't expect nothing else but damnation. Right oh, It's oh. right. Judgment this year. Praise and God. you'll have to receive it Brother, flee from the wrath to come and go to Christ Jesus as quick as you can. Get out of these things. Yes, it's the spirit of the last day. Many things can be said. I'll hurry. Will you please tell us how our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ expects us to come into the house of our Lord to worship? All right. That's a good one. That's a very essential one to any church. God expects you to come to the church house? Now that's just a question, just a right-out question. It isn't scriptural, yet it is. Well, I'll tell you what He said. The first place, if you want Scripture, the people are supposed to come to the house of God for one purpose: that is to worship, to sing songs, and to worship God. That's the way God expects us. He doesn't expect us to come into the house of God to talk about our or something else or talk about one another or talk about what we got to do through the week. He expects us to come to worship him. It's a house of worship. And everything should be done decently and in order, said Paul in the Bible. Everything's supposed to be right. There's supposed to be message. First thing I would say, according to the rules of the church in the Old Testament, or the New Testament rather, at the first place, that people entered into the church of God In a spirit of worship, and they walked in. Hymns were sung, and maybe the preacher would speak, or he was the prophet of the church. A New Testament prophet is a preacher. We know that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Said Revelation. Now, the preacher began to preach. While he preached, the blessings right at maybe the end of his sermon began to fall. The people would say, "Amen." Go to blessing God. Then, as soon as he stopped preaching. There might be a message come forth. Maybe in speaking with unknown tongues. First Corinthians 14, 13, 14. Then, then if there be no interpreter in the church, this person is supposed to hold their peace. Because they're speaking in tongues correctly, but they do it before God. But if he's speaking in tongues and there's an interpreter, the interpreter is supposed to give the message. All churches are coming to that. Charles Fuller, as much as he fussed and cared on me about that when I was out there, he's accepted it now. And they are doing it on the Long Beach. Yes, sir. Right in the, char- right in the auditorium. Yeah, right. Having his blessings of God, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and praying for the sick. Yeah. And he stood face to face with me and said, Brother Branham, I don't believe in that stuff. I said, well, it's up to you. It's not for unbelievers, Brother Fuller. It's for those who believe. <laughs> yeah, right. and, now, and now he's preaching the same thing. It's coming to a time. There's a showdown. Now, then if the... If in order, if if this is what you're getting at, while the preacher's speaking, everything should be silent to listen to the preacher. For there's the word of God going forth if he's preaching under anointing. Then every spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet. When a pastor walks the platform, turns that Bible down, the church should be silent. Listening at the reading of the scripture. Listen to what he's going to say. If he says something that sounds good to you, you can say, Amen. Bless the Lord. Or whatever you want to. Amen means so be it. The Bible said to do that. Then after the message is over. Then if the preacher gives a place there where the people are all rejoicing, the spirit amongst the people, perhaps he might send another message. If he sends a message, it'll come to someone, then in an interpretation. It'll not be a, just a quoting over a scripture, doing something. God don't use vain repetitions. But it'll be a direct message to somebody to do a certain thing. Or something that'll edify the church. Then when they... Get that edification of the church? You say, like for instance, I get somebody stand up here and speak with tongues. This interpretate. Say, thus saith the Holy Spirit. Let so and so go lay hands on this person over here. For thus saith the Holy Spirit. Tonight is the time for their healing. What is it? Then this same person said, I was sitting there and my heart was a burning for that baby. Now, now they raise it up in obedience to the Spirit. Go lay hands on the baby and it's well. Amen. Amen. If it didn't, something's wrong. It's a direct message. Then the unbeliever sits there and says, wait a minute. Say, God's with them people. See what I mean? Then he'll say, or thus saith the Holy Spirit, let everyone that's in the south side of town from that side of Spring Street on, move out. In the next two days, for there's coming a storm that'll sweep all that side of town out. Then the first thing you know, there's a prophecy to the whole church. Then somebody, spiritual judgment, raise up and say, was that of the Lord? Each one. If three good men will stand and say, spiritual judges say, that was of the Lord. Then the church receives it and everybody in that end of town moves out. Gets away from it for that time. Then if it doesn't come to pass, you better check that person. You got another spirit among you. But if it comes to pass, then bless God and thank God for letting you escape the wrath that was to come. See? Watch those things. That's a church in order. Two or three messages, not over three, will go forth at one time. Like that. Whatever is out, say it must be set in order. The first place. Then another church, another thing in order. I don't know, this might have been a woman that this. I did something else come in my mind, so I might as well say it. The women, when they were to come into church, was according to the New Testament, was to walk in and sit down with a veiled face and a sad countenance and there remain All the service. That's according to the Scripture. Now, but... I think a woman, sure, I'm not condemning you women. See, a young lady come to me a while ago. Not Brother Junior was there, present. When a woman come that she'd had some trouble, her neighbors laughed at her because she wouldn't cut her hair off here not long ago. And she went and cut her hair off and then some woman over the river got her all messed up and told her she's going to take in a spiritual way, tie her feet with her her hair and she got this woman into a phobia. The woman like lost her mind, two children. She didn't know what to do. She was just sitting like that. She drove up in front of the house one day. The Holy Spirit moved down and spoke to her and told her she's going to get well. Said, Thus saith the Spirit. And she she stayed like that then for a few days. And then she I went yesterday, was going to see the woman with Brother Junior and Brother Pump. And I was within a half a mile. She was standing combing her hair, which she go to let let grow out now so let the neighbors laugh and do whatever they want to and then the Holy Spirit would let me go over there and it spoke to her and told her that I was near the place and wanted to come and last night in a vision saw the woman coming and told what was wrong with her and she was healed in my room a while ago see there I is that right brother junior that's right just a while ago see God wouldn't let me go over there for the thing wasn't ready yet See, he brought me right down to the place and confirmed it right there to show that it wasn't man, it was God. Now, she said, Brother Branham, my husband wants me to have long hair. I said, God wants the same thing. That's right. For the woman is supposed to have uh, long hair. That's her covering. I know we ladies today, or you ladies rather, wear hats. You say, that's your covering. That's wrong. The Bible said, a woman's covering is her hair. And if she cuts her hair, it's a common thing for her to pray. That right? That's scripture, see? So now women are supposed to wear long hair. Regardless of what you want to think about it, that's what thus saith the Lord. You can show me any place. You say, well, my hair is long, see, it's down on my shoulders. That was short hair. Christ, you said, had, Christ had long hair. No, he never. Christ had shoulder length hair so they say this, they pulled it around this way and cut it off shoulder length hair look at the Greek word on that in there and you'll find out femnish hair a man shouldn't have long hair because it's feminish. way down long like this but he just cut it off here in his shoulders the way they cut it off now, around his head just bob it off like that that was short hair so ladies with hair to their shoulder is still short hair now I don't say that would send you to hell or take you to heaven that don't have nothing to do with it, but the order of the church is for women to have long hair. That's right. That's right. And to enter the church, and uh, and not to have anything to do in the affairs, the social affairs, or not. The, I mean, the business affairs in the church, and she's to be obedient and reverent and so forth like that, because she was the one the Bible said that brought the first fall. And that's right. That's right. Now, back right quick. I hope that didn't hurt. <laughs> Question. Why should a vision of God come before me when I was about to take the communion at my church? Over. Or it's just a lady's name. Or... Yes, it's a lady's name. A Why should a vision of God come before me when I was about to take the communion at my church? Well, I wouldn't know, sister, unless it was this. If you've seen Jesus Christ appear in a vision at your church, when you were taking the communion, He was letting you know this, that you were taking Him in a symbol. The communion is to represent the body of Jesus Christ. And you were taking Him as a symbol into your body. So live clean, live pure. Listen, if you take the communion, you'll hear it read just in a few minutes, when you're unworthily, you're guilty of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Let a man that takes that community live right before God. Let it that takes that communion, rather, live right before God. Don't take it unworthily. That's just, look, the Bible predicted in the last days that all the tables of God would be full of vomit. And there'd be nobody able to, to understand. Is that right? Amen. Look, I went not long ago into a great tabernacle. I wouldn't call it a name. You all know it all well. You know what they had for communion? They'd taken loaf bread, life bread, life bread and sliced it up and a bunch of deacons which the preacher said seven of them were drunkards that's right and everyone a a whole bunch you could see them as they went through the building talking to the people and when the church was dismissed at the end between the Sunday school and church pretty near everyone pastor and all went out and smoked cigarettes on the outside and come back in and taken the Lord's communion God said that he would not hold you guiltless for that that many are sick and weakly among you and many are dead God, that's right said all the tables of God is full of vomit and who will I be able to teach doctrine he said for precip must be upon precip line up on line and hear a little and there a little hold fast that what's good for with stammer lips and other tongues will I speak to this people and this is the rest that I said they should hear it. but for all this that wag their heads and walk away and say we will not hear it look where we're living friends oh mercy wake up yes your vision sister if you're a good, clean, holy woman before God, you stand there and Jesus will let you know that He was giving the communion, that you were taking Him in as a symbol. And if you're not, as a warning to you to get right with God before you do it again. I would know what the the following is 1 Timothy, the second, 2 the second Timothy, the second chapter, and the 16th verse. Just a moment. Second Timothy. We get together. Maybe you won't agree with what I said. Take you home. Then you'll go home and study real much, and then that'll help you get spiritual. (laughs) All right. Second Timothy two and sixteen reads like this. But shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Yes. All right, you want to know what the profane babbling is? Profane shun, profane babbling. For they will increase. Now the first thing is a profane babbling. Uh, for they shall increase. Now anything, it's, uh, it's just an old, just keep babbling. The Bible said, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. For anything more than this will come to sin." you're not supposed even to joke and cut up with one another. God will make you give an account for every idle word that you speak. Did you know that? The Bible said that you'll have to give an account for every idle word. So what kind of people ought we to be? People that's frank, stern, loving, kind, and never a bunch of nonsense. Always going along you take a fellow that will start today I notice it on myself being of my own nature an Irishman I'm always a lot of wind about me anyhow to cut up and carry on and every ever so often even my wife say now nah, Bill I say that's right honey. she said I tell the kids around there, I say cut up with them," or something say well now you know there was three great men come out of Kentucky who was that well look uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln yeah Daniel Boone mm-hmm. and your father <laughs> something like that and she'll say now Bill there you go again now I have to go off in the closet somewhere and say Lord forgive me I didn't mean to say it uh, do something to me make me quit that see and every day I if I do that now we're talking on the word backslide this morning when you do that you're backslid yes sir you've got to repent is that right now I don't mean to say you went out in the world and you did this and that, but you've done something, you've got to repent and die daily to live Amen. in Jesus Christ. So every daily, every day you've got to die every day to live in Christ Jesus. Amen. When I do something many times, I do things that's wrong. I'll be out and somebody say something or other. I may say a little joke about it, and somebody say not a bad one. Now I don't believe Christians tell dirty jokes. Uh, no, sir. No, sir, that's not even becoming Christians, the Bible says. Except for refuse old profane things like that and jokes and jostling and things like that. No, Christians don't tell those things. Christians have pure thoughts. But if you don't watch once in a while, you'll have a man, he'll tell a little joke today, and well, he kind of thought it was all right, and you just let it go by, and I'll think more about it. The next day, you tell two little jokes, and the next thing you know, you're doing something else, and the first thing you know, it leads right back to old saying, sitting again. Is that right? Amen. Stay away from the thing. Oh, shun it. Amen. And That's shun right. that propane babbling. You heard somebody come over, I'll just give you a little example. Uh, Ms. Doe, do <laughs> you know what? I seen your husband, and I tell you what, and he's the deacon. And uh, I just think I don't want to hear That's <laughs> right. Well, amen. Won't take much of that, it'll cut it out. <laughs> That's right. Or you know what, sister, i tell you what happened to my brother. Not only sister, but brother too, you see. Brother, i tell you what happened. You know, if we could just uh, get rid of this preacher, if we could do this, or get rid of this deacon, if we could do this, oh, just, just, just shun that thing. I think a good little thing you ought to sit around on your desk It's a little thing I seen down in Florida not long ago. There was three little monkeys and one of them had his hands over his eyes and said, see no evil. And the other one had his fingers in his ears and said, hear no evil. And the other had his hand over his mouth and said, speak, no evil. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yes, sir. Oh, my. That's a very good thing. Just keep your mind pure and on Christ. You can't just say, nah. now, see, if you don't watch, you'll get yourself over to a place if you keep on thinking that. And don't, and don't think it yet. You can't live so perfect till You don't make that mistake now. Now, don't you think you'll ever get that way because you won't. No, sir, you're not sinless. And you'll certainly get off on their track. On this side and on that side. But a man that's once knocked down, if he's a real soldier, he'll rise up again. Lord, let me rise and try it again. But a coward, as soon as he sees he makes his first little mistake, because like I said this morning, the bug in the water spider will crawl right back in the water again. See? He just can't stand it. So refuse all that profane babbling and carrying on talking. Babbling means confusion, and the Bible said, "Mark those who cause contentions among you." If somebody says, "Mm hmm, mm hmm," I just, just say, "How did you?" I'm glad to see you again. Thank you. Just keep on going. That's the best thing. Don't shun them, but just mark them. Don't pay any attention. Of course, you see what it leads to. Where was Jesus from his? Where was Jesus at? from his baptism until the three years of his ministry. Alright? Jesus, from he was baptized, went straightway out of the water, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness for forty days and nights to be tempted of the devil. And was tempted forty days and nights, and he fasted. He come out, the devil tempted him when he came out after his fast, and he resisted the devil by the word of God and entered his ministry and preached three and a half years According to the Scripture, look, way back there in Daniel, God spoke and said He would preach three and a half years and be cut off for sacrifice during that time. Just exactly. Foundation of the world He was ordained. That's right. Matthew, the fourth chapter, you'll find that. If it isn't just exactly according to your belief, all right. Now that one I don't... Let's see what... Oh yes, where are the... We've got that horrible where are the dead. At, At one time... At one time were we all white or colored of the two which one was the curse put on. Now, as far as we know, I couldn't tell you where Adam and Eve were were white or brown or yellow or black. I cannot tell you. No one else knows but God alone, I guess, who's back there. Now, in the, as we come all as one language and one people until the Tower of Babel, a confusion. And then their languages went different. And as far as we know, they were all one people till that time. And they broke up and scattered in different parts of the world. And some, you take an animal, you take any life that eats off of a certain soil, it'll turn that color. Uh, If he's a hunter here, you just follow me a few minutes. Go down into Mexico and get the coyote. Take up here in Arizona and get the coyote. You go up in the north and get the same coyote and lots of three colors. Get a Gila monster that's raised in Texas and get one that's raised in Arizona and look at the difference in them. See? Cause it's a sorrow they live on. See? And now, the Chinese, the Chinese is a, a yellow person. Japanese and so forth. And a Chinese. The Ethiopian is a is the colored man of the Negro that we have now. And he went down to those dark countries down there. And they and and they were and then the white man was the Anglo Saxon people, which we are. And of uh, the uh, the people here are what we call the white people. They come from England, which was formerly called Angel Land. And because they were white and blonde and so forth they scattered up in Ireland and Norway and so forth up in there and all come out of the Anglo-Saxon people. Now, which was first and which was cursed? There was none of them. I know where you're trying to get to. You're trying to get to Ham. I know where you're going. Uh, to Ham's people. Now, there was Ham, Sham, and Japheth. Now, Ham, he, he did not try to hide his father's nakedness, but laughed and made fun of him and God put a curse on Ham. For looking to his father's nakedness and not trying to cover up his shame, and Shem and Japheth backed up and threw their coats over their father when he was laying naked. And now God told Ham that his generations would serve the others. Now, if you thought that was a curse of turning uh, dark, well, then the Jews dark also. If you think that would be the, the what we call the colored man or the negro of this country, that's here now, you are to go over to India. The Indians are way darker than the Negroes. I've been in both their countries. Here's uh, the Ethiopian down there from Ethiopia, and the African, the colored man that we know today, they're down there, many of them still in their primitive, in their tribes, just about like we was when Jesus came. The white people were just as primitive as the native of Africa is now. Worse, perhaps. Remember, 2,000 years ago, we were naked tribesmen out there with a with a bow and arrow and a stone axe of hunting. That's exactly right. We, Anglo-Saxon people, that's exactly right. So, which was which? I'll tell you, the one today that's cursed is the one that refuses Jesus Christ. That's all. The one that accepts Jesus Christ is blessed. Now, you can't say, I'll go up and get the Eskimo out of that land up yonder. And there he is up there. And that man is darker than the colored people that we have here, I'll go over to Indian, get the Indians. And he is, he's not a colored man. He's really black. He's blacker than... this real black color. And he's what is called... And he's an Indian. Well, now, in Africa, we get some of the African people... That are some of them are light colors, some of them are almost like white, and some are, are different ways. You go to the Jew, you say, All the Jews are, are dark-complected. The Jew is a brown person, but I've seen a many one red-headed with blue eyes, fair skin. See? So the whole thing is this: we all come off of one tree. Yeah. That's right. And we was all cursed through the fall of Eden. Yeah. And we're all saved through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, Amen. There it is. So there's no curse. The cursed is them that does not believe. The blessed are those that do believe. So there is neither one, friend, the black or the colored man or the white man or the yellow man. Then if the black man was cursed by being black, then the yellow man is just halfway cursed. And then the the yellow man and then the brown man, he's just two-thirds of the way cursed. See? And then the African's about four-fifths cursed. Now I guess the Indian is really the curse thing. Oh my, how nonsense. No, it's the different climates and the things that the people lived in. They turned tribe off and so forth. There's different... Oh, look at the American Indian. Many of those. The Navajos out there is a darker race of people than our colored Ethiopian people in this country. The Navajos. The Apaches are... They're kind of a, a copper color. And the different tribes... See... So, right there amongst the Indians, right here, you find the black ones and almost, and the Cherokee is almost as pale as we are. The Cherokee, and there's right here in this nation, the different tribes. So, you see, you can't say they're half cursed and all way cursed. There wasn't cursed because they were black, there wasn't cursed because they were yellow or because they were white. There's only one curse that I know of, and that's unbelief of Jesus Christ. I know, Donnie, it's time for me to close, but i got two more questions. <laughs> All right. Now, where are the scattered ten lost tribes of Israel? Genesis forty-four, forty-nine. The tribe of Joseph to the many nations. Simeon, Levi, to have no poor homeland of their own, but are scattered among the other ten tribes. Where are the ten tribes can we locate them? Yes, sir. They can be located. Geographically, they can be located in the Bible. And God tells us there where they will be in the last days and what will be there in. And right now, I just read a book that down in Israel, where the ones was, where he said it, one of the feet in the oil and everything, God has got them all located, set out in different places. And the Jews are all returning into Palestine where God promised in the last days that they'd be there. One more question. Can I can't believe that God sent wars as judgment. I can't believe that God sends wars as judgment. Just listen a moment. I don't believe as some do that God placed the sword in the hands of these butchers from ancient Babylon to Hitler to slay innocent women and children among along with the guilty to carry out God's judgment. May God my God of love would not do my God of love pardon do this. Wars are the works of Satan. Please confirm this confusion. <clears throat> now, just a moment. I've read this just a while ago. The reason that I laid this on the bottom. Now, I want you to just hold your peace in a minute. <laughs> now let, let's get this real straight because this is quite a question and it must be approached reverently. Immediately after that, you can bear with us just a little bit longer. I know it's getting late, but it, remember one of it. I used to go dance all night and think nothing about it. See? Set out to the worldly things, but when it comes to the Word of God, over 20 minutes, brother, you've got to get a new preacher. See? Amen. It's a shame. Paul preached all night. I preached right here years ago at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. And people be walking up and down this place here just appraising God at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. See, it as many as dozens of times receive the Holy Ghost at 2 and 3 o'clock. Amen. God have mercy. I wish I could say it again. But we can't. The day has gone. The day is gone. She's far spent now. Night's drawing near when people are well, we just don't care no more, so I wish they'd quit get ready to go in. And that's just a it's about the way it goes. Wait, I want to ask you something now. Now I'm going to disagree with you, brother or sister. I don't know. It was late here this morning. I had it in my Bible and was looking at it a while ago. Now, in a friendly way. And I, I don't want you to, to, to fly loose at me. I want you to listen closely. And we remember, I would just as much like to agree with you on this, on your decision on this as I would with that woman. Poor woman a while ago said, her and her husband, they just run off and got married and there it was. But she's taken her back. She's got to stick with it. See? And I, I've got to stick with the Word of God. But now, I don't believe, at first, I can't believe That God sends wars as judgment. Well, now, friend, there's only one thing that's wrong with your belief. And that is, it isn't scriptural. God does send war as judgment. Right. I'm going to give you the scripture. I just ain't going to read it off here. Look. I don't believe, as some do, that God placed a sword in the hands of these butchers from ancient Babylon to Hitler to slay the innocent women and children. If I would tell you in the name of Jesus Christ that He did do it and approve it by the Bible, would you believe it then? Huh? That He did do it? Alright, and He's going to do it again. Alright, and listen to this. I don't know, this might be my bosom friend sitting here for all I know. For God who is in heaven knows I don't even know the hand now. I couldn't tell you. But I want you to listen to the, My God is a God of love. Uh, my God is love. And wouldn't do this. Wars are of Satan. I'll agree with you that wars is of Satan. That's exactly. He's the prince of this world. Every kingdom and every nation in this world belongs to Satan. God said they did in his word. Satan said they're mine. Jesus admitted that They were his. But he's going to fall heir to all of them after a while. Jesus will. We'll have no more wars then. But God permits Satan to do this. For correction and for judgment. Now, I want to ask you something just before we start. I want you to answer me this and find out. If you don't believe that God is a... You said that wouldn't do these things, just to start it right for the beginning. Now, give me your undivided attention if you can. Listen. Why did God Himself chastise His own Son and murder Him on the cross? God killed His own son at the cross. Yet it pleased God, said the Scripture, to smite him, and to bruise him, and to wound him. God did His own son that way to save you. I want to ask about Saul, the great king of Israel. God told him to go down and to take King Org and everything he had and utterly destroy everything down there. Men, women, children, and everything. And Saul, even the cattle to kill him. Not to let nothing live. And Saul went on there and spared some of the cattle. And God took the spirit off of him and separated from him and become God's enemy. Amen. Why did Elijah stand there when God gave the old king ord into Ahab's hands? And he told Ahab to kill that king. And Ahab refused to do it. And Elijah the prophet... Had a sentry to said, Smite me with your sword. He realized this. He probably said, I won't. And look, he lost his line. Then he told another and said, Smite me. And the man hit him with a sword and cut him. And he wrapped himself up in disguise. And he stood there and here come Ahab riding in on his chair. He said, uh, uh, What are you standing here about? He said, Well, I was a sentry. I was given a care over a man and he smoked me and ran away. He said, And I'll let him go. And they told me if I did, I'd have to pay with my own life. He said, Well, you'll have to pay with your own life. And he unwrapped himself and said, Thus saith the Lord. Because you didn't murder that king down there, you will pay for it with your own self. Amen. that right? Amen. That's exactly right. Let me read you something here. How about Babylon? When Joshua, when God sent Joshua over across there, and he utterly destroyed little babies, children, and everything else, and if you let one thing live. Amen. He wiped everything out. Little Philistine babies, He just destroyed them. God commanded Him. And if He didn't do it, it was His own life. I'm going to fix it up in a few minutes. God is love, perfect love, but you don't know what love is. That's why today people don't know what faith is. God is love. He has to be in love. He's sovereign to His Word. And He has to keep His Word. He has to love you. And if He loves you, He's got to protect you. Amen. Listen here, you talk about the falling of children. Just a minute. Let me show you something here in, in the Scriptures. What, um, what the Bible says about these things here. Let's get over here and let's listen to this just a minute and see what God said. Now I'm reading from Ezekiel the ninth chapter. If you want to put it down. Listen close. And He cried also in my ears with a loud voice and saying, calls them that has charge over the city to draw near every man with a destroying weapon in his hand. Now this is God speaking. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gates, which are towards the north. And every man a slaughtering weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with white linen and a right rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood by the Beside the brazen altar, and the glory of the God of Israel was up, gone up from the cherubims whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house, and he called to me to the man clothed in white linen, with the had the acorn in his hand or side, and said, and the Lord, capital L O R D, which is God, the Lord said unto him. Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, set a mark upon the forehead of the man that sigh and cry for the abominations done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he, the Lord, said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite, and let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. What? Sixth verse: Utterly, slay utterly, old, young maidens, little children, women. God said so. Amen. God said so. But come not near any of them that has the mark. And he began at the ancient, at the sanctuary, and begin at the ancient man, were before the house. In other words, God said to these people, Now wait, I'm going to mark the people first. Those that are really consecrated to God. And He put a mark upon them. He said, Now to these men that had a slaughtering weapon, You go through and don't you spare Women, children are nothing, but you utterly slay everything. In the Antelopean world, in the destruction, when millions times millions and billions of people was up on the earth, and God sent an old holiness preacher out by the name of Noah and preached 120 years and told him to come into the ark and all that didn't come in that ark would be destroyed. And God Almighty, who had the controls of the heaven, sent down the rains that utterly destroyed millions of old people, of young people, of little babies strangling and perishing in the waters. My Almighty God, and he's correctly the God of love, man. That's true. He has to. He loves his own. He has to be sovereign to his word. So not to for a controversy, but disagree with you. Your God of love. Here not long ago, I was talking is perhaps maybe a Jehovah witness. The man come up, he said, Brother Branham, do you mean to tell me that you believe there is a burning hell? I said, it's not what I say, it's what the Bible says. He said, do you mean to tell me that a loving heavenly father would burn his children up? Well, I said, you wouldn't burn your child. I said, no, sir. Well, then, if you as a human has that much love, see how people can twist the thing around is you as a human have that much love? You think that a loving heavenly Father would destroy His children? I said, never. He don't destroy His children. But whose child are you? Amen. God don't destroy His children. He's trying His best to get them in. Amen. But it's a devil that's turned loose will destroy His children. Amen. So God just permits Satan. Look, who was it that permitted? The evil to come down and Satan to go out and destroy the most perfect servant of God until Jesus Christ, his children and everything he had. Job. And God sent a wicked spirit out there and destroyed all of Job's children and everything just to test his servant. Is that right? Absolutely. Sure. Praise God. Oh, I could stand here for an hour. And just showing you, by my brother and sister. That's right. However who you may be. Don't you get the Spirit of God mixed up. Wars are God's judgments upon the nations. Amen. Amen. Destructions are sent of God. The Bible said so. And God is a God of love, but God is a God of wrath also. And you're not going to stand before a loving, that's been a thing, it's... Hurt the church today. Some loving father, of course, he wouldn't mind me doing this. If you want to do it, you might as well go on and do it. Amen. Because the love of God not even if you begin with. Amen. We're fixing to take communion just in a moment. And I want this to really sink into you. The thing of it is, what is in your heart will produce, make your life. What kind of a seed you put in the ground will produce after its kind. How can you take a, a popcorn plant and make a jimson a weed out of it? You couldn't do it. No more than you could take a grain of corn and make a cup of it. You couldn't make them because they're two different natures, two different lives all together. You, you might take a jimson weed seed and an onion seed and it looks perfect alike to the very best of man. You couldn't tell them apart. That's right. The only thing you have to do is plane them. They both look alike natural, but plant them. They both will produce, and one will be a gypsum weed, and the other will be an onion. Amen. That's exactly right. But why, what makes this seed that looks just exactly like this produce a different kind of a life? It's because that kind of a life is in it. Amen. And a man or woman that professes to be a Christian and don't live that kind of life for the grace of God is a weed. Amen. By their fruits you shall know that. If that thing's in your heart, bears record of what you are somewhere else. Amen. If it's evil, it bears record that you're down here. When you die, you just have to go to where you are already. If you're good, and you, you're good because God has made you good, and you're born again, you're bound to go that way. Because that life will have to bear record with this place. If it bears record with here, there's where you go. If it bears record with there, there's where you go. Amen. See? What you are here, get this in your mind now, I'm going to close. But what you are here is a sign that you are something else somewhere. You've always wanted to be in perfection. You Christians, there is a perfection. And that perfection is not in this life. But every man and woman here that is a Christian, every person that is a Christian here now, is already glorified in the presence of Jesus Christ. And you've got another body. You won't have some other time. You have right now. Right now, there's another body waiting for you if this one should perish. Could you think of that? Amen. Hallelujah. Study that just a minute. Do you know every one of us may be in eternity before sunrises tomorrow morning? Amen. Now, if you're not a Christian, my friend, there's only one thing left for you. You've got to go that way. If you're on that road, you have to go that road. If you're a grain of corn, you'll produce corn. If you're a cocklebur, you produce produce life. Now, if you've been belonging to a church somewhere that doesn't know and doesn't teach and just lets you come to church and be a member of the church, you say, "Well, Brother Branham, my church teaches that we must accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. If we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are saved. If your life doesn't compare with that, you haven't met it yet." Amen. Do you know the devil believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Amen. Do you know Jesus public, uh, Do you know the devil publicly confessed Jesus to be the Son of God? Yeah. And he wasn't saved, and he couldn't be saved. He's a devil. So confessing Jesus to be the Son of God, do you know all those Pharisees and Sadducees, everyone was very pious and religious people? How they loved God with their heart, they thought. And failed to see that innocent one, the Son of God. To recognize Him to be the Son of God. And yet they were very religious. Is that right? Very pious. Very scholarly. Know the Bible better than any of our scholars today They had nothing to do but sit there through their generations and serve the Lord. Now look what the scripture says. In the last days, to you my Christian friends, and with godly love, the Bible said in the last days, man would come a time where man would be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Uh, Isn't that true? A certain person in this building went to a New Year's party the other night and in the basement they were having soft drinks and recreation and carrying on ice cream, suppers, and so forth. The churches even give dances. I it, yeah. Just exactly what God told them not to do, they do in the name of Christ. God, yeah. And here's what Jesus said for the church to do, and they deny. Jesus, here's His last words, His will and testament to the church. Go ye into all the world, Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Maybe that's as far as your pastor read, but here's the rest of it. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents or drink deadly things, it shall not harm them. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover now, that's what Jesus said for them to do in His name. They deny that that exists. But they go and do just contrary to what He said. Teach that it's past, there's nothing to it, and teach theology instead. Oh, no wonder we are in the condition we are. Look here. Let me tell you. My brother, when the church gets to a place that, it's, that each member in there is so charged with the Holy Ghost and power until then, signs will follow. I think of St. Paul out there on the isle at the shipwreck. God would give him a vision when the 14 days and nights all hopes is gone that ever be saved. And the little old boat tossing about like that and there's all crying and 14 days and nights Paul was down and had a vision. He came out and he said, Be of a good courage. For the angel of God whose servant I am has stood by me and said, Fear not, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God, give all of those a sail with you. When the ship wrecked him, went up on the shores, and they got over there with the natives, Paul was picking up some sticks, and he went and laid them on the fire. And in there, there was a big serpent grabbed him by the hand. Now, that serpent injected poison of that in his hand that would have killed him within a minute. The natives said, what's that fellow fall dead? For he'll die just in a minute. He's in chains for preaching the gospel religious people put him in chains the very finest of churches that day was what put him in chains if it just wasn't a constitution of the United States they'd do the same thing today right. just wait till she till she's broke a little more and a serpent grabbed him through the hands now what? Paul didn't fear he said Jesus Christ said if they take up serpents it shall not harm them Sarah walks over here shakes him off on the fire turns around walks over and gets some sticks and put back on the fire turned himself around, warmed his back, turned around this way and warmed his hands. The lady said, why don't he die? Why don't that man die? He ought to drop dead. But Paul was so full of the Holy Ghost. See what I mean? So full of the Holy Ghost until those poison wouldn't poison him. Amen. Oh, brother, give me a church full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God will do in one year what all theologists fail to do in 2,000 years. You wait till the anointing of the church really strikes home. That faithful little remnant, If the doors of the Gentiles is closed off, God will anoint a church then. Amen. He who's filthy, let him be filthy still. He who's righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who's holy, let him be holy still. And God will anoint a church in the power of God, and things will be taking place. Not Amen. only that then, but he's doing it now. Amen. What signs and wonders? And the people look around and say, well, it's of uh, the devil. Oh, because they don't know the Scriptures, neither the power of God. And that's They're the reason I say it. May the Lord bless you. I'm sorry to keep you this late. i very seldom do this, but I don't get with you very much. So I may not answer these questions according to your thoughts and things. That was true I answered this morning. If I didn't, God bless you. And I, I didn't mean to, uh, to upset you or something. I just had to say what you asked me the question. I give you the best of my knowledge for the answer. That's right. Now, I don't know too much about... The things maybe, I don't know nothing that I ought to know, but one thing, and I know Jesus Christ saves us from sin, keeps us from sin, and gives us His power and His blessings. And if you'll just notice around and watch what takes place in the people it's prayed for. Look across the nations and look at the signs and wonders everywhere. And look at the time coming. Like that few branches we preached on here some time ago come up from Genesis, how they're bearing their records everywhere. How the unbeliever very fundamentally dignified in his religion but having a form of godliness but denying the power. And the church is moving on. May the Lord Jesus bless you, each one, is my prayer. And may you so live that you will become so burdened. May God put on you people so burdened for lost souls that you can't sleep day or night. May God grant this random tabernacle that privilege of becoming so burdened. I don't care if you never shout, if you never do anything else. If you're just so burdened for lost souls and you can't sleep. When you do that, the world will be slipping in here to be prayed for. That's right. The world will come in to be prayed for. And you'll be known everywhere. God, give us of His Spirit. Make us humble. Break us down. And make us so charged with the power of God to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to do great signs and wonders. When you lay your hands on the sick and ask that blessing without one wave in your heart, you believe that God's going to do it. Hey. Watch that patient. It'll begin to get better. Why? The evil's gone from it. Just like the tree that was standing, Jesus looking with no fruit on it. It's a curse to be you. 24 hours later, they passed by. Peter said, look, the leaves are already wilting. Hey. Something had taken place. God's Word was spoke. Jesus said, Have faith in God. For if you say this mountain, be moved and don't doubt it, it we'll obey you Amen. Have faith in God. Now it's communion time. While we bow our heads, I'm going to ask someone to come to And Lord, this is the hour, the time that when maybe men and women, Lord, across the world will see that the great hour of judgment is approaching. When God will judge all nations in their political standing, everywhere, every place, and everybody must stand the judgments of God. And Father, we're so happy to know that there is an escape of these people that who would desire to escape. And that route is through Jesus Christ, who is the, the offspring of David. And we thank Thee, dear Father, for ever sending Him to the earth, that He was the medium of that we could go to who would intercede for us and take away our sins, that we'd escape the wrath and the damnation of God. We know that the wrath is to come. And that, as John said in the days gone by, flee from the wrath that is to come. Now, Lord, we pray that as we take communion, tonight that You will sanctify us, Lord, with Your cleansing blood. And may every sin of these people be remitted, I humbly and sincerely pray, God, that You'll not let one of us take it unworthily. For Thou hast said in Thy Word, if we do so, we are guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, Father, make these people holy and consecrated, that we may take this without a blemish. And now, Father, we realize that communion was first given down in Egypt. And those people who've taken communion, the lamb and the bread as they marched out, Forty years they journeyed in the wilderness, and there was one feeble among them when they come out of the wilderness. they taken the communion. God, be merciful. And I pray that all the sick will be healed. All the lost will be saved. And those who are formal and indifferent, may they move up close to the fires of God, warming their souls. Grant it, Lord. Forgive us now and help us, we pray, in the name of thy son, and while we have our head back, I wonder, as the brother gives us a little card on the piano, if there's a person here that would raise your hand and say, Brother Bill, uh, I sincerely, for a soul's condition, I, I, I want you to remember me. I, I, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Would you raise your hand and say remember. God bless you. God bless you. You, 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 God bless you, you, God bless you lady, you, 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 brother, my hands everywhere. God bless you, brother, God bless you, God bless you, sister, you, sister, I see your hand. not you want to receive the Holy Ghost. God bless you, brother. Don't you want just a little closer walk? Remember, friends, we are living near the coming of our Lord. Now God is confirming His words, signs and wonders everywhere. Now surely that God wouldn't let me go out and be anointed with the Holy Ghost to perform signs and wonders, come back and preach the word and so forth, and would bless it everywhere and do these things unless He give me some conception of His word. He wouldn't grant that. So I do know what I'm speaking of. If you're without Jesus Christ, without the Holy Ghost, may God don't let you have any rest till you receive the Holy Ghost. Don't be deceived. Just don't take one of these formal dry-eyed confessions and say that you got the Holy Ghost. You do not get the Holy Ghost when you believe. You don't believe to get the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of God. Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" So believe it. And may God grant it to you. Now, Father, to those who held her hands, I pray that you'll give them the person of the Holy Ghost just now. May he come deeply into these many 10 or 15 hands that went up. I pray that you'll give every one of them the baptism of thy being. May they be so filled with the Holy Ghost those signs and wonders will take place in their lives. They'll see all kinds of signs. Like Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Granted, Father, we humbly pray in Thy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.